Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. (laughs) Well, hello, kids, and welcome to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And this this is My Spooky spooky Gay gay Family. Hello, Sam Baxter. Hello, Pissy Miles. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? So far, so good. I'm very excited because today is the very first day of October. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's my October song. <laughs> I sing it all October long, even though the words are, it is the very first day of October. <laughs> Could you imagine if I had an October song? I mean... I kind of have an October song. What is it? It's really more, um, it doesn't really work anymore because they open in like August, but it was supposed to be, it's it's October 1st and you know what that means. It's time for Spirit of Halloween. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I would get so excited. You wrote them a jingle. I did. I wrote them a jingle and I'll never get paid for it. No. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever sung a jingle for me. I'm pleased and I'm frankly disappointed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I would expect I would expect it to have shown up sooner. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm also very excited because today, this very day, on this very day, the first of I almost said the first of Halloween, the first of <laughs> October. <laughs> yeah, we're we're already well past that on this podcast. I know. <laughs> well into week nine. Um, we are launching our Patreon today. Yes, we are. This very day. On, <laughs> on this, this day. day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Aragorn. <laughs> we are. You can officially, as of today, uh, go to patreon.com slash myspookygayfamily, and you can find all kinds of fun content that you can enjoy courtesy of us here at my spooky gay family in the not so distant future once we're done with the season the mini sods will be moving there and we've got videos and uh meats meats, meats? <laughs> we have we have salami <laughs> i was going to say like meat and there greets. is a lot of bloody. <laughs> i was gonna say like meat and greets but i guess they're kind of meat and greets the sleepovers are like meet and greets but it's more of like kind a party of. yeah it's more just a chill kind of like little hangout. Yeah, it's a hangout. It's not a meet and greet. It's not like we make people stand in line and then they get to come up and say two <laughs> words to us. We spend a whole night together and we enjoy ourselves and we tell spooky stories. Um, and there's all there's newsletters and merchandise and uh, all kinds of fun stuff up on the Patreon. So go check it out. There's a lot of cool stuff to take part in. And uh, that's really all the business I have for you today here at my Spooky Gate family. Um, we, Another meeting that could have been an email. I know. They're like, they're like this had to be a Zoom call. Um, <laughs> what the hell was I going to say? Oh, today we... <laughs> I really like... I am having a huge problem recently where I just like... 
I don't have any short-term memory. You're like a goldfish. You just... Basically, I just walk into walls and I'm like, what room is this? And I have no <laughs> idea where I'm going or what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, today, we have one of my very, 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 very favorite movies to talk about. <laughs> I love how every movie is our favorite movie. It's just a matter of the number of varies. I know. <laughs> Because we love so many movies. It's hard to like, it's hard to quantify our love for for the movies that we love. But I will say that this movie holds a, a very special place for both of us, I think. We should make them compete for our affection is what we should make We should. Do. So start competing movies. Uh, I don't know what they would do. What would they do for us? Be the easiest to get out of the cellophane? <laughs> <laughs> be only ever on streaming so that I can find them easily and not have to rent them to do the episode. I know. <laughs> that would go a long way to winning my affection. It would go a very long way to winning my affection. Has this movie ever been on a streaming service? Not that I recall, actually, no. I don't think so either. And frankly, I'm kind of surprised because Speak of the Devil, Spirit Halloween, has been selling a lot of merchandise from this movie this year. Yes, they had a lot of merchandise from this movie this year, and I loved all of it and wanted to buy all of it. I know, me too. And couldn't afford any of it. Any of it. <laughs> Not one piece. Which is basically my experience of Spirit Halloween every year. Just, <laughs> you wait just, until I November 1st. I want this. <laughs> See, I wait till November 1st, but then you go in and then, like, it's like you walk in on October 31st, everything's still there, it's all full price. You walk in on November 1st when the store opens, and it looks like a bomb went off. <laughs> there is nothing left. Because at 9 o'clock on October 31st, they packed everything up and shipped it back to corporate, and they're like, we sold out. And yeah. you're like, the fuck you did. Like, the fuck you did. And I know that there is a floor model of your Sam animatronic somewhere. I know. That I was going to haggle you for because I knew you didn't have one in the box anymore, you bastards. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> I like that you turned into a Scotsman for a second. Sorry. You bastards. <laughs> <laughs> they sell the fucking, like, they, they, they sell the fucking set pieces that they stage the animatronics mm -hmm. on every year, but the actual animatronics, they get shipped back to the factory to wait till next year. What would you do with the set pieces? They're cardboard. A lot of people use them for Halloween um decor the day are of. they expensive some of them are yes some of them are very expensive really yeah you're talking like 500 bucks for what <laughs> no that for is like, that is literally um, a cardboard box that's been like rearranged into pillars and shit and bumped into by children with plagues <laughs> like i <laughs> they're like some kid just like walked over and was like i have coronavirus and sneezed on it and that like that is what you paid five hundred dollars for i mean in years past i have i have seen this happen um, <laughs> did i tell I don't you know if it'll you and i year. have been to spirit halloween several times already this season several of them yes several several of them several times and in one of the first ones we went to, and I hate to like put them on blast because this is not, uh, this is not a against any spirit Halloween, but one of the first ones we went into, there was like there are signs everywhere that are like, do not try on the masks, do not touch things, do not put them on, don't wear things. Like the the dressing yeah. rooms are closed. You can't like they have done everything they can. <laughs> To warn people, like, there are rules you have to follow. And the, one of the first ones we went into, there was, like, some mom letting her kid try on masks. And I was like, 
what are you doing? Like in front of the sign that said, do not try on that. They were practically taking pictures with it. And I was like, I was like, listen, <laughs> there's a lot of behavior that I can like look the other way on and be like, I'm going to let this slide. But that is just like a bold faced insult. And, a, and a, like, like, what are you doing? That's the most dangerous thing you can do. It like second to like spitting in someone's mouth. That is, <laughs> that is the, the worst possible choice you could make today <laughs> people with children uh children really is what yeah. it comes down to i hate kids it's like you have to wear a mask in public that is not what we meant i like kids that we are related to but that's about it that's fair <laughs> there are very few children that don't share my bloodline that i am willing to participate <laughs> in their in their life um and one of those children, is he a child? He's more of a An sort entity? of seasonal demon. <laughs> <laughs> Our nephew, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> a festive a festive entity. Yeah, he's like the ghost of Halloween present. And past. He knows what the fuck you did. And future. And he, he knows, knows what, what you're going you to will do. do. <laughs> Is Sam not yes. not not my Sam, not Sam Baxter. Uh Sam I know it's short for like Sam Hain. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be great if his last name was Hain? <laughs> Sam Hain. Samuel Hain. Yes. Samuel Hain. <laughs> he sounds like a, a colonial farmer or some shit. <laughs> Samuel Hain. You have been accused of witchcraft. Uh <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I did it. That's me. Yes. And? <laughs> and he's sitting there eating a lollipop. He's like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> There's like some lady spinning in circles like, ah, ah, ah. And he's like, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so since we haven't actually said it this week, we're doing trick or treat. It's trick or treat. We're doing the pivotal... Halloween I'm going to say this because we talk about trick-or-treat a fuck ton on this podcast like literally every time we're like this is a great thing about Halloween it reminds me of trick-or-treat <laughs> trick-or-treat is like it's like the litmus test for like is something Halloween enough in my opinion I mean there are very few things that are as Halloween as trick-or-treat and I kind of love that <laughs> like that's like, one of my favorite things about it watching this movie occasionally i'm like my halloweens were not halloweeny enough i know like i did not have like this good a halloween experience i no. wish that i had grown up in this town <laughs> there's a part of me that wishes i could like participate in this town's halloween right like they're doing it correctly and for all intents and purposes, you should not think that because this is apparently the most dangerous town in America. But <laughs> <laughs> Serial killers and demons and shit running around. <laughs> Everyone in Camden is like, no, we don't go there. Uh, yeah, there, there is all kinds of shit. There are werewolves. There are demons. There are ghost children. There are serial killers like you said there are there's no shortage of spooky entities in uh wherever the fuck we are do they ever so say the warren name? valley ohio warren valley ohio no wonder it's <laughs> so spooky it's ohio it's middle america uh, yeah. middle america we love you um yes so in warren valley ohio there is this little t well 
the, is, is the little town. town. <laughs> there, there's this little town in Warren Valley. <laughs> You're like, go to bed, Pissy. It's time. <laughs> um, there's a little town, Warren Valley, Ohio, and that is the setting for the best Halloween movie that has ever been made, Trick or Treat. Um, like I said, this this is the movie that I judge all other spooky movies against when it comes to because we had this discussion already what is a Halloween movie versus what is a horror movie and when I'm looking at something and saying is this a good Halloween movie I'm kind of judging it against this movie I'm like does it capture the essence of Halloween as well as Trick or Treat does I mean again I'm not really certain that I can think of a movie that does it quite as well I mean, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. The There's one that kind of at its core has the essence, but doesn't, I mean, it's not as effectively depicted. And that is uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, I think, yeah. in my opinion, kind of gets that tone that we've always talked about, where it's like the kind of muted sapia tones Sepia? Sepia? Sepia, I think. Uh, who knows? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who works at the Crayola plant is like, it's Sepia! It's <laughs> They're like, we've told you six times! <laughs> uh, it, it, The kind of muted autumnal colors. <laughs> and it manages to show that feeling, that like crispness, that coldness, that kind of... It sounds worse than I intend it to sound, but that kind of like dead air. Yeah, Do you know no, what I, mean? I know what you mean. It's that that fall feeling. Yeah, you can feel it. You can. It literally the atmosphere changes, and it's amazing because this is the first fall we've had like that in quite some time. Um, it is sixty three degrees today, and let me tell you, I'm fucking excited about it. <laughs> And I got to tell you, you know, we've said this before. It's been such a challenge with everything that's going on amidst, you know, this environment that we're in right now between the pandemic and the political climate and all the things that are stressful. But one of the joys that I've been able to experience this year is that, like, we have had the most beautiful fall weather. Like, it has been so wonderful. All I want to do is, like go outside and go apple picking and be in the fresh air and like drive down to New Hope and find like a small secluded spot to just like sit outside and eat apple cider donuts. Like all I want to do is enjoy this atmosphere because it is exactly what I've wanted for a long time and we haven't had it. So it's like, find find the silver lining of this really shitty cloud and, <laughs> and, and ride it as far as you can. And that's part of what we love about Trick or Treat. And we've said it a million times on this podcast, I know. But this movie is a love letter to the things we love about this time of year. Yes, it is. And Mike already penned it so well. He did, and, uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, but this was originally a student thesis film. And yeah, it was, it was a it, little short called Season's Greetings. It was, and it was animated. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about this little, like, trick-or-treater demon thing named Sam who uh, who is going around trying to 
find the people who still kind of uphold the traditions of this holiday. And that's not to say like the ancient Celtic traditions of, of Samhain or of All Hallows Eve. Um, but the things that make this holiday so wonderful, you know, things like keeping the jack-o'-lantern lit and, uh, having the candy for the trick-or-treaters like all of these things that are are really wonderful traditions that make this holiday so special that in recent years have kind of gone by the wayside it's yeah, very no, strange get replaced by things that are more convenient or more expedient for the parents and yeah and a big one for me is trunk or treat. I am so anti trunk or treat. It's not even funny. In case you hadn't heard that position on this podcast before. <laughs> I think it robs it robs all of us of the wonderful experience of Halloween. Because as a kid, it's so much fun to go trick or treating, but as an adult who loves this holiday, it makes me sad that like no one knocks on my door. It makes me sad that no one comes dressed up to get candy. It really, really, like, hurts my feelings. <laughs> I um, I live on a main road, mm-hmm. and there's no sidewalks. So yeah. <clears throat> I also live in the middle of, again, bumblefuck nowhere. So we don't get trick-or-treaters on my street, like, at all. At and all? And it is, like, the only thing about my house that I absolutely hate. But the thing that drives me nuts is, like, you live in a small town. And, we live in a very small town. And I like that. I like your small town. We have a stop sign. One, Just one. Just, just the one. <laughs> yeah, it was down near the stop sign. Um, <laughs> and something that appeals to me about small town, because I am one of those weird drag queens who actually likes living outside the city. I like being in kind of the, the beauty of nature and being in a small town and a small community. I like that. Um And it's like, yeah, there are no sidewalks, but like when we were kids, we walked through people's lawns. Like (laughs) and I wouldn't be mad at kids just like walking across my lawn. Like that that is something that has kind of changed in the the tone of this holiday is like there become kind of so many weird rules and they're not the rules that were the fun things. Yeah. I, I don't know. It it makes me very sad. And that's why I love this movie so much is it almost, it, it, it it's a love letter to the people who feel that way. It's like, no, uphold the traditions that mean something or you're going to pay a price for it. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because like I said, we don't get any trick-or-treaters, but we still leave a bowl of candy out every year anyway. Mm-hmm. We're never home for Halloween because we yeah. go to where trick-or-treaters are. Because exactly. we're lucky enough to have friends who are in the middle of a very active trick-or-treating area. But, um, you know, we still put a bowl of candy out and like no one ever takes any, but it's like you have to put the bowl of candy out because if you don't put the bowl of candy out, some kid will walk up there and there won't be any candy. I know. And it makes me sad because uh, I usually join you at our friend's house and I always leave candy out in the hallway Mm -hmm. because I I live in an apartment building. And it's like... (laughs) My building, it's so backwards to me. My building has this thing where they're like, every Halloween, you can go down to the front desk to the concierge and and you can request a sign that you can put on your door that says, it's okay to trick or treat me. Okay. And that pisses me off because it's like, 
if you don't want people to trick or treat you, you should you, get you're a the, sign. You're the one who needs yeah. a sign, not me. Not me. <clears throat> it should be like assumed that everyone is prepared to be trick or treated unless you're like an old curmudgeon who doesn't want to participate. And then you and should then have to wear you. the scarlet letter. <laughs> So that Sam knows which apartment to to stop in that night. Not Sam the Demon, me personally. Yes, Sam is going to kill yes. everyone in my building. <laughs> Just walking through your building on Halloween looking for the doors that don't have signs on them. Like... <laughs> it's like a weird, uh, What what is it in the Jewish faith where they put the thing above the door on Passover? I don't know. Oh, this is so offensive. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't. Not know. not offensive on your part. I'm saying like it. I I should know this, but um, it's it's basically that, and that's kind of. I mean, just as a general overview, that is what I love so much about this movie. It's like remember to keep this all alive and vibrant and thriving. Otherwise. You're Sam going, get to, yeah. You're going to have to pay for it, and I kind of wish Sam was real. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone else to be as motivated to keep this this holiday alive as as we are. And you would be if Sam was real. <laughs> you fucking would be because I would. You know, it's kind of. I like silly to think though. I would be best friends with Sam. Me too. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I would be like marching around holding his hand. I'd be like, kill that one. <laughs> That guy looked at me funny and he didn't have a bowl out. He did not have a bowl out. <laughs> no bowl. No bowl. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have a strange fantasy like that as well. I would love... Uh, there's. It's like, on one hand, it's like, I don't want Sam to come to my house because if he's coming to my house, that means I, I fucked something up. But I do want him to come to my house because I love him. <laughs> I'm just a big fan of your work. I just love you. <laughs> and like, obviously not killing people. We don't want no, to kill people. No. But like, I just think he's the most like adorable little like Halloween mascot. He is cute. Like, In a very weird way. Like until the mask <laughs> comes off. Like he is, he is cute. I don't even mind when the mask comes off. Really? I love him. That I think weird, he's like, great. Pumpkin head looking. <laughs> I don't mind at all. I'd be like, take the mask off. Breathe a minute. <laughs> I love it. Well, these days I'd have to tell him to leave it on. But uh, I love Sam. I think he is adorable. I would give him all the candy. I would. I if I if Sam was real, my house would look like a fucking graveyard. I'd be like, I'd I'd be hoping that Sam would be dropping off candy for me. <laughs> It's like the Great Pumpkin. You just sit outside going, and this is the most sincere house on the street, so he has to stop. <laughs> it's true. That would literally be me with Sam. Um, so let's let's do a kind of a deep dive into this, because we've talked so much about this movie in like general terms, general terms and theories and, uh, you know, all that before. Let's, let's do a little bit more of a deep dive into this movie. Uh, first of all, it's a pretty uh there are some pretty famous people in this movie. We yes, have and some fairly hot people as well. Just well, saying. You know. <laughs> for, for me. Not so much for you. Yeah, not really nobody uh nobody's really piquing my interest if you I'm You don't even honest. like Josh. Who's Josh? The costume store kid. Uh he's I mean he's cute for Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> he's an Ohio 7 Ohio a New York listener. 4 
That's, 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 I'll get, that's what I'll give Josh. Um, we have Dylan Baker is in this movie. He is a very famous character actor. Um, he plays uh, Mr. Wilkins. Yes, Mr. Wilkins. <laughs> we also have, uh, uh, what's her name? Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin is in this movie. She plays Lori, who is obviously a very loving tribute to another Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who else do we have? In th- we have a bunch of a bunch of people. Oh, Brian Cox is in this movie. He plays Mr. Krieg. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Mr. Krieg is. I uh, had like a brain fart. And- <laughs> <laughs> Sam just like she just she, she just totally just checked out. She was like, and I'm done. Um, Brian Cox is actually he is Scottish. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. He is. He was. Uh, he was born in Dundee, Scotland. That's a fun hometown. I know, especially because uh, that's the Dundee name of... Dundee is fun to say. Well, it's the name of the award in um, in The Office. That's right. The Dundies. Yes. The Dundies! <laughs> uh, yes. We, I, and, I mean, he has... He's done a ton of movies, but um, some that you may recognize him from are um, X-Men. He's been in Troy... Uh, he was in uh, he was in another really great horror movie. Have you ever seen the autopsy of Jane Doe? I have, yes. Such a good movie. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was a little strange, but it was it was overall enjoyable. It is a little strange, but I like like strange in a good way. Yeah, no, it was it's it's a bit of a slow burn. But yeah, but it takes once it you get there. Up, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like Halloween in that way. It's like it takes a while to like set everything up, but then once all the pieces are in place, the game goes really fast. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so that I mean, that's Brian Cox. He's mm-hmm. obviously uh, a pretty noted uh, character actor and has done a lot of horror movies. But in this in this movie, he plays Mr. Krieg. Um, and <laughs> Mr. Krieg is one of my favorite people in the movie. Not <laughs> that he is a good person or character, but like his interaction with Sam is like the best part of the whole fucking movie. Because <laughs> it's a little Bugs Bunny-ish. It is. It's like he's like uh, he's like Wiley e. Coyote. And Sam is like the roadrunner. And it's just like <laughs> Sam just wails on him for a solid like 10 or 15 minutes. And it's great. I love it. I love every fucking minute of it. And speaking of Mr. Krieg, uh, there's another famous actor who is uh, also in that scene. Did you know that? I did not know. His name is Zip. Oh, is that the dog? And he plays the role of Spite. <laughs> My dog's spite. My dog's spite. Uh, yes, the actor's name is Zip. <laughs> and, he, and he is a small terrier. <laughs> Has he been in anything else of note? Is that listed on IMDb? You know, I don't know. I didn't look. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a whirl. Zip, let's <laughs> it's see. It's like he played Othello opposite. <laughs> <laughs> he is a Shakespearean actor. No, he has only been in Trick or Treat. This was his one... Uh, shining moment. I'm sad to say. Poor Zip. Poor Zip. But you know what? If I had to pick one movie to be in, I think this would be a good one. That's fair. He came in hot, but he burned out bright. <laughs> <laughs> he he got out while he was still on the high. Yeah. 
you know, you don't you don't want to see him doing some awful B movie no. where he's playing some prostitute you, you dog. Don't, don't want to see him in Velocipaster. <laughs> Velocipaster. <laughs> or what was it? The haunted sofa. What the fuck oh, was that movie? No, it was it was the. Oh shit! I can't remember the name but of this name fucking is, movie. It's literally, it's like straightforward. It's like the haunted sofa or the ghost sofa. It's some stupid shit like There's that. There's one that's just called the bed. And the it's, bed. Yes, the bed. And the bed is haunted. N- the bed eats people. <laughs> it's like teeth. <laughs> Which, by the way, we should talk about on this podcast one day. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yes, Zip is a, a very, he is a famous noted actor for only appearing in one um, excellent award-winning role <laughs> of Spite, <laughs> the dog. Uh and I mean, other than that, there are a few other there are a few other people who are are noteworthy in this. One of them is uh, Jean Luc Bilodeau, who is <laughs> <laughs> he is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a Canadian actor, and he was well known for I want to say a TV show. I, maybe it was Degrassi or something like that. I can't remember. I have no idea. I never watched Degrassi. Kyle XY. Never mind. Kyle XY was the show he was on. Um, and that was that was kind of his claim to fame. Who does he play in Trick or Treat? Uh, he's the kid. What's his name? Schrader. Oh, okay. The one who uh, <laughs> who fucks with Rhonda <laughs> and 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 pays the price. pays the price for it. <laughs> I love Rhonda. Rhonda is like one Rhonda of the better characters. Rhonda is a badass bitch, and I love her. She really is. She's like, oh, you want to scare me? I'm going to feed you to demon children. <laughs> She's like everything we wanted to be in high school. The best thing is she's holding the key when she goes to press the button too. So she's just like, she's just oh, like, oh, I'm going to save key? you. Oh no, no. <laughs> and they're like, Rhonda, this is real. This is real. And she she's just like, waves. She's Bitch, like, Bitch, I've been new. I know. <laughs> she's like, I can't hear you. What? And he's like, We're dying. And she's like, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of your own screams. <laughs> Speak louder. Gotta go. And then the image, uh, this is something I wanted to uh, actually address in this movie. The cinematography is fucking brilliant. The image of her in the witch costume walking away with the the cart of just the the one pumpkin is great. It is great. No, everything about this movie is a very pretty film. It's in addition beautiful. to everything else. Again, this is kind of uh, this is an example of what we're talking about when we say this movie kind of captures the feeling that we're talking about. It's little things like that, like Rhonda walking through the the leaves in the dark, but it's this like kind of bluish stark darkness and there's like the illuminated jack-o'-lantern in the uh the cart behind her, the wagon behind her, and it's like just this kind of beautiful symbolic imagery because of course the whole point of her little vignette is that the <clears throat> having the lit jack-o'-lantern protects you from the ghosts right or the spirits and that is exemplified when she walks away with the cart and she runs into Sam and Sam lets her pass because she has the lit jack-o'-lantern. And also she just straight up murdered those kids who were dicks to her and Sam's a little bit like, respect. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
sounds a little like, I don't want to fuck with you. <laughs> sounds like, yes, I agree. <laughs> Been there. Um, a 10 acknowledges a 10. <laughs> <laughs> <We're all good. laughs> I love that phrase. Um, did you know that uh, Sam was played by an actor named Quinn Lord? I did not know that, no. Uh, he he is, uh, uh, I mean, I would say this is probably his shining moment. I don't recognize his name from uh, much else. But I he is also, this is a bit of information that you shared with me at the beginning of this movie when Lori and the other girls are costume shopping and they're in that little, those like dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. The kid, Quinn uh, Lord, who plays Sam, also plays... The little, little kid. kid. He's credited as Peeping Tommy. <laughs> um, the little kid who is like eating a lollipop and looking into the dressing rooms. Yeah. That is the kid who plays Sam, which you told me when we when we were watching it. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's that's Sam in real life. Yes, that's that's what Sam looks like outside of makeup. And he's an adorable little child, actually. He is. I, I mean, even in makeup, yeah. I would argue. <laughs> I think he's great. Um what the hell was I saying? I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But um, yes, there, there's a lot of... And the other noteworthy person who appears in this in this film is uh, an actress named Rochelle... Uh, I, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. It's A-Y-T-E-S. Eights? Eights. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. Her name is Rochelle Eights. And she plays Maria, one of the girls who... Uh, Spoiler alert, is a (laughs) werewolf. werewolf. (laughs) Um, But you told me a very interesting fact about Rochelle. Yeah, no, I I was sitting here watching this for the second time today and was kind of sitting here going, her voice is familiar. Her voice is so familiar. Her voice is so familiar. Why do I know that voice? (laughs) So I went on IMDb and apparently (coughs) she plays Rochelle in the video game Left 4 Dead 2, which we have played Many, many times. A million times. times. So, yeah, no, just fun little trivia fact. I thought that was Another genre credit for her. Another genre credit. I love that. And I love, I mean, I love Rochelle in the game. And I was like, oh, my God, like another really what I love when we can tie people to like lots of our favorite things. And Left 4 Dead is absolutely one of our favorite (laughs) things. We have a lot of funny stories. I think we've told some Left 4 Dead stories yes, on the I podcast before, but we have we have a lot of funny stories from playing Left 4 Dead with Bob and Kevin. And uh, Rochelle, thank you so much for giving us so much joy. We have spent <laughs> hours and hours uh, wasting our lives. So Listening thank you for, for that. you to yell reloading. <laughs> reloading! Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So all of that said... Let's get into the the meat of Trick or Treat. Um, one of the things that was actually brought up while we were watching the movie today by, mm-hmm. by my husband, David, was that this is kind of an anthology movie. Yes. Um, I always like to call them kind of vignettes because that's, in my opinion, what this is. I don't. Because I don't think of these as separate stories. They're all kind of part of a larger timeline. Yeah, no, the way 
Mike Doherty chose to do this without doing like <coughs> breaks in between the stories and kind of weaving everything together. So you're kind of not sure until the very end when everything happened mm-hmm. was, I thought, a very interesting way to do an anthology movie. I agree. And it is an anthology movie, but it's almost to me more like like just a dissection of one night where it's like I'm going to show you this piece and then I'm going to show you this piece and then I'm going to show you this piece and then we're going to put them all together and I really like that about this movie because one of the things that I I was saying to David is that it's almost not an anthology movie it's more like uh, you used the perfect term for it a morality play which is that This is, in general, like we've said, kind of a reminder to follow the rules and to, excuse me, acknowledge the importance of all of the traditions of Halloween. And each vignette kind of signals something about it, whether it's the jack-o'-lanterns or the candy or, um, you know, being careful that if, if you're tricking you have to know who you're tricking and, and yeah. what that could lead to and being aware of the danger and acknowledging the danger. Um, and that all of these themes are kind of explored separately, but within the context of one specific night with a very specific set of people. Uh, so is it an anthology movie? Yes, but I almost don't see it that way. And that's what sets it apart from movies like tales of halloween for me or vhs or um uh what's the other one i'm thinking of i i don't i don't don't know i I can't think of it (laughs) off the top of my head but the point is that um like creep show what's the one the one with the clown i can't the one with the clown yeah terrified terrifier 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 um again it's like kind of vignette but uh because it, it's not the one I'm thinking of is not Terrifier. It's the one that Terrifier spawned from. Okay. I can't remember the name of the movie. I don't know. But the point is, <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> they're like, oh, thank God you remembered there is one. Um, <laughs> the point ultimately is that this isn't just like, it's not like VHS where it's like, I'm going to show you this weird little thing and then I'm going to show you this other weird little thing and I'm going to show you this other weird little thing and it's only tied together by the fact that they are allegedly stories on this one videotape. It's like this is all part of one specific goal and that is to remind you of the traditions of Halloween and the importance of upholding them. And part of the discussion about this was the idea of there being a sequel. And I was like, well, I don't know if a sequel is necessary. Like, this doesn't need to be a franchise. No, it doesn't. I have to admit, like, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, shorts Mm -hmm. spawn from this. If nothing else, I want more Sam. Or at least a (laughs) t-shirt. Jesus. Aha! No, but I wouldn't mind there being a couple of little like Sam shorts if if Mike Doherty feels that there's more to say about this. I agree, but I, I think it gets into that dangerous dangerous territory, kind of like what we were talking about with Hocus Pocus. It's like the story was told so efficiently 
I don't know what room it leaves for a sequel. Yeah, no. And I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but it has to be well done and it has to be as intentional as the first one. It can't be some bullshit thing that we make just because we're in love time. with this idea yeah. and and we want to make money off of this thing. I want this to be a really well thought out idea. And I think, you know, this movie was made in, in 2007, released in 2009. It's been... <laughs> and I hate to say something like this. It's been just about 15 years since this was made. 2007 was 13 years ago. You're right. <laughs> you, you, Sam just gave me this look I had like, a moment cause like I was what? still I was still thinking from 2009 and I'm like 11 isn't that close to 15 calm down no it 11 is not that close but this was made In almost 15 years ago yes it was and a lot has changed in 15 years in our culture including our approach to Halloween it would be interesting to see what Sam would be doing in the current uh, climate of Halloween and I don't mean specifically in, in the context of uh, COVID-19 but in the context of what <laughs> Halloween has kind of turned into in the last few years with kind of the the satanic panic and stranger danger and trunk or treat and all this fear of of widespread violence it would be interesting to see how Sam fit into that that timeline i think it would be interesting to see <coughs> sam deal with the covid19 halloween because i want to know like did, does he require the the candy catapult or not <laughs> you have to put apple cider in a super soaker and just spray children <laughs> <laughs> we don't want the ghost again Take like, this i don't me. care about your pandemic bitch where's my candy <laughs> what would you do if you opened the door on halloween and he was standing there like i'm still here <laughs> i would hand him a fucking chocolate bar that's what i would do because <laughs> i don't want to die <laughs> i know i i'm gonna keep like one chocolate bar maybe that's oh that should be a it's new like tradition. cookies and milk for santa yeah every year you have to put out a, a candy bar for sam i'm kind of in love with that idea can we start doing that yeah, sure, why not? And it has to be your favorite candy. We can get like little miniatures of him like it's like it's elf on the shelf. <laughs> I'm like what rhymes with a uh, demon on the counter? Like there's <laughs> ghost on a post. <gasps> you have to put him on a hat rack. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> or if you're listening to this right now, you need to make a solid commitment that this Halloween in less than 30. Oh, no, it's exactly 30 days. Yes. In exactly 30 days, <laughs> you are going to put out a piece of candy for Sam on Halloween as a little tribute to keeping the spirit of Halloween alive. Oh, yes. I love this. We just created a tradition. <laughs> well, technically, Michael Doherty did. But yeah. we're, we're, we're running with, we're running with, with his ideas. <laughs> Taking them to their logical conclusion. Exactly. There's nothing weird about this. No. <laughs> We're not two adults who are sitting here going, leave a random piece of candy on your porch for this thing that doesn't exist. It's fine. I kind of love the idea of it having to be on the porch so that he doesn't come inside. I wish I had a porch. I'm just going to throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> 
some guy's sitting at the restaurant next door and he just gets hit with a Reese's. He's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you're sitting there going like, it's for safety. <laughs> the next day in the paper, man killed by flying Reese's. Um, it's for safety. Yeah. <laughs> I actually love this idea. I, I'm like a little bit emotional about this. He's like the, he's like the Halloween Santa. Yeah, except he's like gonna murder you if you don't do the right things. He's yeah, I guess he's more he's more like the Halloween he's, Krampus. Yeah, he's a little more like the Halloween Krampus, I think, which is con- kind of funny considering Mike Doherty's other major film was Krampus. Yes. <laughs> oh, Mike Doherty, he's great. I don't. <laughs> I don't great. have a bad word to say about <laughs> he's him. Just like I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a swell fella. He's he's the. <laughs> Cats meow, the bee's knees. Um, I do, I really do love Mike Doherty. It's like he's given us this really wonderful thing to just kind of live with. And uh, now we have a, a, a new Halloween tradition. You you can do your pumpkins and we'll leave candy out for Sam. And uh, not Sam, but Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, he ate the candy. And you're like, yeah, it was really great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, someone always eats the cookies for Santa. You know, you have to take one bite. That's true. You have to take one bite and put it back on the porch. Oh, my God. What if we started teaching kids about Sam? <laughs> you have to leave a candy out for Sam. Oh. <laughs> this is this is like oddly sweet. <laughs> we ventured into dangerous territory at this point. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So oh there God. are, what is it, like four major vignettes in in this movie? We have uh, Mr. Wilkins. We have the werewolves. We have yeah. Rhonda. And we have Mr. Mr. Krieg. So there's, there's four major um, vignettes. And, you know, a couple things happen in between that are kind of like transitional stories. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Generally speaking, those are those are the vignettes. Do you have a favorite vignette of the four? I think if I had to pick one, it's the werewolves, and not just because we see titties. <laughs> like <laughs> back to the planet of the boobs. <laughs> back to the planet of the boobs. <laughs> Damn these dirty boobs! <laughs> no, I love the werewolf one because it's so, especially because she's named for Laurie Strode. The fact that they mm. just flip the predator prey dynamic with it is something that i really enjoy just from a storytelling standpoint it is a lot of fun and especially the uh, because they play with the little red riding hood thing with her walking through the woods and obviously we find out later that she is actually luring him into the woods but you don't know that at the time no it's they do a really good job of like i didn't see that twist coming the first time i saw the movie i did not either like i I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. I thought it's like, oh, okay, so Anna Paquin is the final girl. Like we're gonna have, mm. we're gonna have like sort of a slasher movie interlude that's happening here, and which um, is interesting <clears throat> because they don't really do that. No, they don't, and I think it's totally fine. And you like, don't miss it in a strange way because you and I obviously love slasher movies quite a bit. But normally, if you were doing a tribute to all the wonderful things about Halloween, you would expect slasher to be in there. But it's really not. I mean, we do have a serial killer, I guess, but yeah. it's not. It's not what I would consider slasher territory. No, I wouldn't consider Mr. Wilkins to be a <laughs> Mr. Wilkins. Mr. Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, I know that you. No, you're fine. You love the werewolves, not just for the titties, but for kind of the flipped dynamic that they create. Yeah, no, the flipped dynamic. It's also just I love Anna Paquin. So getting Mm. to watch her do that sequence is really fun for me. But it's just that, like, when you go back and watch it the second time and there's so many clues that they're werewolves. I know. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> clues. And you're just sitting there going, like, how the fuck did I not see this coming? They're, I know. They're, they're basically sitting there going, every line is, we're werewolves. We're werewolves. We're werewolves. <laughs> but it's they're, they're, like, uh, they're like the Baron in uh, yeah. <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> I am a vampire. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> Like, short of them walking down the street howling, like, I'm not sure if you could make it any clearer. I know. And even, I mean, there is a moment where they you hear them howl. You don't realize it's them at the time. <laughs> no, you don't. But it, in the vignette with uh, Rhonda and the kids on the bus, y- there's a moment where they're kind of going down into the quarry, and you they're startled by this howling. And you find out later it is obviously... The girls. The girls when they are transitioning into their their true selves. Yes. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. <laughs> I just keep picturing um, <laughs> what's her name from Just Friends. What's that actress's name? Julie. Oh, it's killing I don't me. Know. Uh, God, I can't think of her name. Uh, she was in Airplane. Mm, sorry. Oh, Sam, save me, dude. I, <laughs> I don't have. I never watched Friends. Not not friends, just friends. Just friends. Never um, saw it either. Uh, oh God, Julie Haggerty. Okay. Julie Haggerty, and she sings that song to Ryan Reynolds, and she's like, "Be yourself, be yourself, <laughs> be yourself," and he's like, "Mom, enough." <laughs> and that's what I imagine her like singing to this little baby werewolf, where she's like, "It's my first time. I want it to be special." And Julie Haggard is just in the background, like, "Be yourself, be yourself." <laughs> Um, I think that's a good pick. I like the werewolves for you. Yeah, no, I just, I think they're fun. I think I'm the whole setup is fun. kind of surprised that you went with the werewolves and not with Mr. Wilkins. See, honestly, if I had to pick a second one, it would probably be the, the school bus massacre. I think that's... Really? Rhonda? Think, or yeah, Rhonda. Huh. I think would probably be my second one. And that's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's like Sophie's choice. How do you pick one? But, yeah. um... I like the Mr. Wilkins one because it's kind of, it's kind of silly. It is kind of silly. It's a little bit like, um, it's a little farcical. Yeah. I uh, see. I think I think Mr. Krieg is more farcical than Mr. <laughs> Wilkins. Fair. Mr. Wilkins is kind of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. It's very like silly, and I like that because it's spooky and you don't know what he's going to do and obviously anything that has to do with like murdering children is horrifying yeah, it's so a pretty hard topic yeah it keeps you on your toes and you're like what is going to happen but um y- you know the the thing that I I love so much about it is that in a weird way Mr. Wilkins shouldn't have died <laughs> I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? I know know what you mean. Because a lot of the people who die in this movie are, not all, but most of the people who die in this movie 
are people who broke the traditions. And it could be argued that Mr. Wilkins was upholding them to a, a much higher standard than anyone else. Like a much higher standard. I mean, he murdered Fortune Feimster on his porch. Yes, he did. <laughs> I couldn't see anything else. That little kid, Charlie, who like walks up knocking down yeah. the pumpkins. And then he like, he's like that. All that candy isn't good for your diabetes, Charlie. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, oh, Jesus. Um, but all I can see when I look at Charlie is Fortune Feimster. He just looks like that little kid. Did you watch her comedy special? No, I didn't. It's fucking hysterical, first of all. And I think it's still on Netflix. And if it is, you should all go watch it right now. But she tells a story about how she was like just a a chubby kid. And she she's a lesbian. So it's like she was just like a chubby lesbian kid with like really curly hair. And it was always kind of cut short. So it looked like very like. It looked like, uh, I don't want to use offensive terminology, but it was just a big, like, puffball of curly hair. Yeah, she looked like a Q tip. And uh, she tells this story of her being forced to take swimming. And the only reason, because her parents made her take a sport. And the only reason she did it is because she would always see the kids, like, eating fun dip before the race. And it was like to, to, it was like Mm -hmm. the swimmer child swimmers version of carbo loading so she did it but then she went to a meet and she couldn't actually swim she never learned to swim before the meet so <laughs> she's like she's like you know they told me you have to do this race or we're not going to get to do the pizza party at the end of the year and so she jumped in the pool <laughs> and she was like and everyone was just watching me publicly drowning and it's it, like it's the funniest fucking thing but that's what like that's what i imagine uh, Charlie, B- he is the kid who like was threatened with the loss of a pool party, so he jumped in the pool and publicly drowned. Like that is Charlie. <laughs> um, yes, I do love Mr. Wilkins. If I had to pick a favorite, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Mr. Krieg. Okay, and I'll tell you why. First of all, we see Sam a lot in this movie. Yes, we do. But he's always kind of like the cute, weird ghost mascot of <laughs> of uh, Trick or Treat until somebody breaks the rules. And then all of a sudden it's like you finally get to see what Sam can do and <laughs> what he will do if you fuck up. <laughs> and I love that about this little story. And again, it's like kind of the horror of Sam because you have moments like when he sneaks into the house and Mr. Krieg goes to turn on the the hall light when he's looking up the stairs and the light like explodes and you see the little child like running around upstairs and it scares it like it's a scary yeah. moment and then you have the you know the ode to pet cemetery yes. with Sam and you have <laughs> which hurts every time I watch every it. single fucking time because you're never expecting it no um and you have the razor blade in the candy bar and all this shit. But then you have like the comedy of it where it's like <laughs> Sam is very capable, but also slightly bumbling. <laughs> I, would, I, I don't know if I describe it as bumbling. He's a little whimsical. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with whimsical. But it's like he makes mistakes. Yes. No, he's he's not... He's not exactly Jackie Chan. No. (laughs) He is not efficient. 
all of the time. But that's kind of what I love about him. It's like he's very much like a child demon. Yes. Where it's like, yes, he is evil and yes, he is capable. But it's like he makes kind of childish mistakes. Is he evil, though? Really? I mean. When it comes down to it. By our standards, no. <laughs> By most people's standards, probably yes. <laughs> Fine. Um, and it's kind of exemplified in like when they're getting into the fight. First of all, he gets into a slap fight with Mr. Krieg. <laughs> Mr. Krieg is, he pushes Mr. Krieg down the stairs on a, on a bunch of like candy balls. And he lands at the bottom on a thing of glass. And it's like, Sam is just a, such an asshole. It's like <laughs> he just makes this whole night impossible for this man, and rightfully so. But uh, he's just such a little, like, I think whimsical is a great term for it. It's like he's playing with him, but the end result is he's going to kill him. Yes. Uh, and so then he he like gets into the slap fight with him and he bites his leg and he's like chewing <laughs> on his leg like a fucking dog but then <laughs> he makes the mistake of like kind of underestimating him because obviously Mr. Creek picks up the shotgun and he's like ooh yeah. <laughs> and then he he shoots him and it's like it's like a t- it's like a Looney Tunes episode. It's like he. It's like boom, but then it's like a comically loud gunshot, and you see Sam like sliding down the hallway into the door, and it's like it like it's like that like weird like whistle like woo like right down the <laughs> d- right down the fucking hallway and he, into the door, and it just kind of has this like you said this fun silliness but even when because it it ties into Mr. Wilkins's story obviously when Mr. Wilkins is walking inside earlier during his vignette he sees Mr. Krieg calling him for help and he's like screw you because that Mr. Krieg had said that to him earlier and he walks away and then you see Mr. Krieg get tackled but uh and that also is one of my favorite moments in the whole movie when you see just like in the background Mr. Krieg like banging on the 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 window being like Wilkins Wilkins and then you just see this like <laughs> this like you don't even see Sam it's just like you see through the curtain this thing just like bop, 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 <laughs> and just like just like take him down <laughs> it's so good uh and then obviously Mr. Krieg has to learn his lesson because when he's on the ground and Sam's got his lollipop, his little switch. His murder pop, yes. His murder pop. Yes, I like that. Murder pop. Uh, his, his his like, shiv pop. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like a crudely fashioned knife made out of a lollipop. And uh, Krieg just kind of accidentally stumbles upon a candy bar that he had had earlier and Sam <laughs> takes it and leaves. <clears throat> and it's like, if you just follow the rules, he'll fucking leave you alone. But yeah. Mr. Krieg was a grouch and a grump, and he kind of ignored all the rules, and so he had to pay for it. And literally reenacted a scene from The Grinch Who Stole Christmas earlier in the film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, But then obviously that... And I love the tie-in that we find out about with Krieg to the whole scene with the kids and Rhonda and the bus is that he is obviously the bus driver who uh, killed the kids in in that storyline and we didn't talk about that storyline nearly enough 
it's such a good storyline about these kind of like special needs kids or, or they're differently abled kids who are uh they, they're described as disturbed yes yeah. <laughs> but they are very clearly like differently abled children who um obviously it's said in this in the movie that their parents no longer wanted them so they paid off this bus driver to take them to the quarry and kill them and it's it's really a sad story but it kind of the thing I love about it is that Michael Doherty, again, is kind of a master of horror in the way that he is able to take a very emotional story and still make it scary to the point where it doesn't feel too one-sided in either way. Where it's like, it's still very sad, but it's scary when the kids come back out of the quarry and they're yeah. killing people. And it's like, it's it's the perfect setup for the perfect payoff. Yes, no. And um, Rhonda might be one of my favorite characters. In Absolutely. <laughs> First of all, her Halloween display is fucking tricked like out. Like fucking lit. Like it that's is, what I want my fucking house amazing. Like. <laughs> you had said when we were watching it, you were like, that is what I want my pumpkin display to look like. Every year. Every single year. And honestly, if I could have my house look like that, I absolutely would. I think that's like the picturesque Halloween set that we all want to live on for one day every year and it's just a lawn covered in jack-o'-lanterns yeah and you know they they use some very cruel names to talk about her even even what they think is like an appropriate way to say yeah they call her an idiot savant which is like jesus (laughs) um but clearly she is she is most likely on the spectrum in some way she's probably autistic um and one of the things you love about her is that immediately she is like, uh, she is like, you mean Samhain? And they're like, what? And she's like, Samhain, also known as uh, All Hallows' Eve, also known as Halloween. And it's like, she just rattles off the history of this holiday. And it's like, oh, you are, in a strange way, this beacon for the holiday. It's like her fascination, the thing that intrigues her about this holiday is kind of rooted in her knowing all about it and it's one of the most wonderful things about her in my opinion is that she's like she she loves this holiday so much that she has dedicated the time to learning everything she can about it that and Rhonda doesn't take any shit from anybody <laughs> apparently not <laughs> that's my favorite thing about Rhonda <laughs> I know she's like the living Sam I, I like that she is uh, she's kind of a beacon for what Halloween could be to to a lot of young people. And it's like, <laughs> like, go all out with your costume, go all out with your decorations, have some fun, know the know the cool shit about this this holiday. And bitches get stitches. And bitches get stitches. Kill your friends. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am kidding. Do not. I am not advocating violence. Um No, but your enemies. <laughs> Because I would argue they were not her friends. They were not her friends. And it, they got what was coming to them. No, if, and Macy, that honest. little bitch. And so does Krieg. Yeah, no, Krieg gets what he's Krieg doing. gets what's coming to him because we think he's learned his lesson at the end. And I'm sure in a way he has that, you know, he got the shit kicked out of him and he starts giving out candy. Because I, <laughs> I love that part when Sam looks at him and he's like, don't make me come back. 
And so obviously Krieg starts handing out the most old man candy of any. He starts giving out peppermints. Yeah. Um, and obviously he gets trick or treated by the kids from the bus, and that is the end of Mr. Krieg. But <laughs> and that, deservedly so. Deservedly, absolutely. And that is kind of what uh it's what I love about this movie. Not in every instance, but in most instances people reap what they sow from this holiday. Yeah, no, I would argue the girl that Mr. Wilkins kills. Yeah, she did not deserve it. Did not it. deserve it. And I but mean, I think that's one of the reasons why Mr. Wilkins does deserve what happens to him. Exactly. He takes advantage of the holiday and it's like the whole even in that instance it's like it's playing with the idea of the lore that we dress like them to look like them to hide among them. Yeah. And the idea is not that you should be like them, but that you should be able to hide amongst them. And them is the spirits. Um, so it's kind of this love letter to the idea of like, I hate that I keep saying love letter. It's this <laughs> homage to the fact that you should be participating in a fun, innocent way that allows you to go by unscathed it's and also, not taking advantage of the situation. It's also a little bit like, yeah, no, Mr. Wilkins is all about like, oh, tradition, tradition, tradition. But like, mm -hmm. he's the one who's poisoning candy. He's the one who's, yeah. who's, you know, killing children. <laughs> he's ruining the tradition. He's, ru he's ruining Halloween. Yeah. And it's also a little bit Sam sitting here going, bitch, this is my job. I will punish them if they need to be punished. You don't get to decide who who gets it. Exactly. Tonight. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good observation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I always say you never believe me when I say that you're you're no, one I of the smartest you. I people I know. What I know. To say. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. You have such great insight into these things. And it's, a lot of times it's things that I miss. So I appreciate it. Um, no, I think Sam was kind of beefing over turf with Mr. Wilkins a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little like... When you're a jet, you're a jet. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's a little bit like, that chick's a werewolf, but I'm not going to tell you, you son of a bitch. I know. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> Sam and Mr. Wilkins are, are like the sharks and the jets. They, they, have, a, they have a snap fight. Um... What was I going to say? There was one more thing I wanted to talk about from this movie uh, before we kind of let it go. Oh, one thing I really did want to talk about was um, the credit scene in this movie, uh, in the beginning and the end. Right. Michael Doherty used this really amazing uh, comic effect mm -hmm. to kind of set everything up and... The artwork in this movie, I know we touched on it earlier. The artwork in this movie is just so striking and vibrant and fun and spooky. It's like, it's everything you're looking for in a Halloween movie. Yeah, no, I love the comics at the beginning and the end. I especially love that they actually made the tie-in comics mm -hmm. after the fact, which I never managed to get my hands on. Really? No. And <laughs> I wish me, I could get my I hands looked. on them. No. Are they hard to come by? They are hard to come by because they were kind of they were kind of small pr special print mm. 
And I'm sure that since, because this, we talked about this earlier uh, before we started recording, this movie kind of got stuck in a lot of weird production nonsense. And so it was not widely released. It was like straight to DVD. It was, yeah, it was never in theaters. <clears throat> yeah. And so it's broke kind of my heart. I know because you were eagerly anticipating it. I had read about it in Fangoria, mm-hmm. actually, um, a couple months before it was supposed to come out in 2007. Yeah. And I was like, this is my fucking movie. I want to go see this movie in particular. In particular. This is all I want. This sounds awesome. And then October 2007 comes and it's like, ah, no. And it's like, okay, maybe something went wrong. No big deal. (laughs) All of 2008 goes by. (laughs) And it's like, okay, Never going to see this movie, guys. And then it finally came out on DVD, and I think it was October of 2009 mm. when I was working at Blockbuster. And <laughs> the second it came into the store, I, like, snatched it up because we were allowed to rent shit early. Mm. So, like, I went home and watched it, like, four times. Rightfully so, because yes. I would have as well. I mean, you watched it twice today. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> because I may do. Um, yeah, I just, I have nothing but but love for this movie it really does such a great job of just keeping you aware of what you should be doing every halloween and enjoying it it's like i know that we have kind of put this in a lot of terms that are very um do this or do this or do this or but it's really more you know sam is very do this or but mike doherty is like no enjoy this look at the beauty of this look at the fun in this and if you're a horror fan this is like the movie this movie was made as a love letter to you it's almost like what galaxy quest is to trekkies it's like (laughs) a lot of people make fun of the the kind of like super fans of science fiction of, of star wars and star trek and Galaxy Quest was written as like a love letter to them. It's like, this is the thing you love about this genre. And we're going to laugh about it, but in a way that is inclusive to you and shines a light on you and and says, look at this wonderful world we're a part of. And that to me is what trick or treat is. It's like, it's like Mike Doherty was like, here, this is for you because I love you. (laughs) <laughs> i hid under your porch because i, I love, love you, you. <laughs> that's sam that's sam <laughs> sam hid under your porch because he wants to kill you because he loves you but so leave fucking candy out for him leave candy and he'll just love you <laughs> yes from afar and you want him to love you from afar <laughs> from afar although i kind of want to hold his hand <laughs> just a little bit i just want to eat candy with sam that's all i want <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. You know what sucks? There's, There was something that I had wanted to talk about, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, no. And I thought of it while I was talking about something else because it was like kind of a loose tie-in. Um, and God help me. Now? God help me. I can't remember what the hell it was. I, I And I'm sure that it will... I'm sure that it will come to me at some point once we've turned off the microphones it had something to do with the idea of it being a morality play um but i can't remember what it was it's it's gone now 
If I think of it, I'll post it on the Facebook or on <laughs> on uh, Twitter or something. I'll I'll make sure that the idea gets out there. But uh, I love that we finally got to do this movie on the podcast because I feel like it it it's kind of been a long time coming. We always touch on this movie, but we never do the proper deep dive into it. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I wasn't actually sure that we were going to do this movie this year mm-hmm. um, because I was kind of trying to keep most of the Halloween movies kind of like tucked up under the vest, so to speak. Yeah, so that we would so, have them to whip out when we wanted. Yeah, but um, this year's just been so shitty that I'm like, fuck it, we're going to do Hocus Pocus and we're going to do Trick or Treat. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to do every we're Halloween We're going to do movie. all of them. We are just going to put all the cards on the table this year. <laughs> like, fuck 2020. <laughs> I know, we really went ham on it, but... Uh, I love it. I'm glad that we did it because I really, truly do love this movie. And if you have not seen it, you absolutely should have before you watch this because we ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) We ruined all of the surprises. If nothing else, it won a bunch of awards. It was like the the best horror movie of the year. It won a couple awards for I think Dylan Baker won an award for it. I wouldn't be surprised. Although, um, I mean, not that Dylan Baker was bad in it, but I I just, like, I can't imagine everyone in this movie not winning an award for it. Yeah, but, like, if you don't trust our interpretation, and if you don't, I don't understand why you're here. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, go watch Trick or Treat. It is one of my favorite movies, full stop, regardless of genre. Mm-hmm. And, Same. Uh, Agreed. <clears throat> and um, it is the quintessential Halloween movie. So if you haven't seen it and you want to hold out to watch it on Halloween, that's totally fine. But um, sorry we ruined it for you. Yes. And go watch it now because yes. it's worth it. It is. Uh, you can rent it on Prime or uh, you can buy the DVD or Blu-ray. And I would recommend that you do uh, on Amazon or probably from any major movie seller. Uh, it, it is. It's one that like. I'm not happy to just rent it. I want to own it. It's like, this needs to be in my collection. If you're a fan, and this is something that I think is common in people who are, you know, sci-fi geeks or, I don't know why I put the emphasis like that. I just had like, (laughs) I I, I sounded like I've never said it before. Um, A sci-fi geek or if you're like a Star Wars or, or Star Trek geek or a horror geek, it's like, there are certain there are definitely things we like to collect. We like to have things because they are meaningful to us. And this for me is a is a Blu-ray or a movie that like I want to have for Readily me available. with me. It's like even tonight when we watched it before we started recording, it's like I could have gone into Amazon and rented the movie and watched it, but I had the Blu-ray and it was like it was nice to like take it out and and have it and hold it and be with it it's like it's a meaningful thing it it means so much to me to have this movie and i can't say enough good things about it so if you haven't seen it go and watch it right now turn off this podcast and go and watch it um that said i hope you guys enjoyed this conversation if there's something we missed and i'm sure there is because there are a lot of things in this movie to be discussed um please let us know send us a message uh or Email us at spookygayfam at gmail.com. 
And don't forget, today, officially, we are launching our Patreon at patreon.com slash myspookygayfamily. So check in with us on social media, follow us on Patreon, select any one of the tiers. We have a lot of, we tried to give you guys as many options as we could because we know that times are tough and money is tight. So we want everyone to be able to access stuff. That said, uh... Happy ninth week of the 13 weeks of Halloween. We have some fun stuff coming up in week 10, so be sure to check in next week. And until then, stay spoopy and remember. You gotta be fucking kidding me. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Trick or Treat, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures 2007. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.